Blog Talk Radio. Pugilistic linguistics, check out the 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 Good evening, y'all. This is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man here on a impromptu Wednesday edition of the Pugilistic Linguistic Show. I am your host, Michael Foster, the voice of reason in an unreasonable world. And frankly, today, I don't have much reason. Donald Trump is our newly elected president of the United States. Yes, that is hard for me to say. I'm still in a state of disbelief. A man with zero discernible Political, I don't even care about political, but no discernible leadership skills. A man who goes out of his way to insult and to bully and to disrespect has been rewarded with the highest honor or the highest office in the land. As a man who lives in logic, as a man who thrives when things make sense, this has short-circuited my brain on levels that have not yet begun to fathom. But there we go. Donald Trump is the president-elect will be inaugurated January 20th of 2017. Too bad I say I hope you all are happy. But let's dissect what went down on yesterday eve. Hillary Clinton won or is winning currently. I think they're still counting votes. She won the popular vote. Meaning more people who cast votes, casted votes for her than him. But Trump is the candidate, is the winner by the term electoral votes, an archaic process, absolute. But it's the rules of the game that we choose to play, so until we can do better, it is what it is. Donald Trump is the new president. Not only was Trump given the keys to the Oval Office, but he was also given the keys to social and economic policy by giving him a mandate or a, not a mandate, but a majority in the Congress. 
So that obstructionist Congress that Obama faced for the past eight years will not be an issue with Donald Trump. And I believe on day one, he is going to begin to dismantle policies put in place in the past eight years. To that I say, I hope you're happy. Clinton ran a campaign that was seemingly always in defense mode. Her two hot-button issues were her use of a private server to send and receive classified emails and the tragedy in Benghazi, Libya, I believe it was in 2012, I want to say 11 or 12, but September 11, 2012 or 11. I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact year. But Benghazi and emails were her two dogged or dogged uh, issues that stayed with her throughout the campaign. And everyone with some sort of voice made sure we knew Benghazi and emails. Now, before we even get into this autopsy, I was a Clinton fan in 2008. I was with her in 08 when Obama hit the scene. My fire was noticeably quenched in 16 as she is or has been or will forever be known as one of the most flawed candidates that we had. I was a Bernie dude until Bernie didn't make it. The term lesser of two evils became the catchphrase of the 2016 election. And that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Personally, I didn't give a damn. Some days you got two evils. Deal with it. It's real life. Everything ain't perfect. Everything ain't going to be guns and roses. Yes, I said guns and roses. But uh, that's just some days you have, it's called a Hobson's choice almost. Sophie's choice. Google those terms. This This is kind of what's going on here. Hillary and Donald were the ultimate lesser of two evils decision, of which I chose Hillary. The frightening part about this entire escapade is the sheer number of people that bought into Donald Trump's brand of bigotry. Now, if you cannot objectively step back and look at the candidate based on words that came out of his own mouth, again, this is not uh, hyperbole. This is not uh, extrapolation. This is not anything that I've created in my own mind. These are words that he has said out of his own mouth. To tap into that 
and ride with that is a level of bigotry that is staggering. He got roughly 35 million votes. That means on some level, the people who voted for him bought what he was selling. Now, here comes a little bit of extrapolation just because he never outlined truly what he was for. It is one thing to say, I ride with this dude because I like what he said. I like his policies. He's going to cut my taxes. He's going to put my kid through school. He's going he's to do something for me. I submit to you that Donald Trump did not submit a plan other than I'm going to build a wall around Mexico and they're going to pay for it. I'm going to eject and deport all Muslims and stop the rest of them coming. Those were his plans. And on some level, 35 million people rode with that. Now, the problem with that is that the people who hitch their wagons to Trump falls into one of two categories, both equally disturbing, maybe one more disturbing than, that, than the next, but kind of equally disturbing. One, there is a significant portion of that 35 million that rode with him because they share his brand of xenophobia, his brand of misogyny, his brand of bigotry. They found a kindred spirit with a Donald Trump. And that's disturbing, prizing, but disturbing. But even worse is the second group who may not have rode with him on what he was selling but didn't care anyway and voted for him. That's more disturbing because that implies I don't agree with this dude, but I'm going to ride with him anyway. Circumstances or results be damned. See, it's one thing to be a bigot and ride with a bigot because y'all want the same thing. But when you don't rock with the bigot, and you vote for him anyway, that is an alarming lack of uh, sensibility for your fellow man. What do you think I feel about this dude right now? He went out of his way to disrespect black people, and you reward him with the keys to the Oval Office. I have been asking for weeks for somebody to detail for me why Donald Trump would be a good president for the United States without mentioning Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, or Hillary Clinton. And I have yet to get that. For some reason, they cannot come up with why he would be a good president. That's frightening. Now, 
exit polls which have which turned out to be wildly wrong suggested that there is a significant portion of the dem- Democrats that didn't vote or voted third party. And I don't know how direct that fact was to Hillary's defeat. She did not run an efficient campaign, I submit to you, because she was busy on the defense all the time. Emails in Benghazi, remember. I'll get to that in a second. But I don't think she ran an efficient campaign because circumstances dictated she ran a, that she ran a different type of campaign. But there are a significant portion of, of Democrats who didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. I have people within my own circle who have uh, uh, removed themselves from the process. And to that I ask, how's that protest vote working out for you today? I am not one. I've never been one to shit on somebody's ideology. You believe what you believe for whatever reason you believe it. However wrong I may think it is, that's still your belief, and there's no way we get anywhere constructive for me arguing with your beliefs. I don't do it. But to not even cast a vote is shameful. I've got people in my circle, like I said, decided they were going to divest from the process altogether. They're so woke they're so this that they don't want to play the game as it's sitting because it's not set up for us and the system is, is rigged and this, that, and the, if the system's so damn rigged, how come we got a President Trump? His folk bought what he was selling, hook, line, and sinker, and they showed up and showed out. They bought what he was selling. But for some reason, we need to have more. Remember, he is the greater evil. You say what you want about Hillary. She's a megalomaniac. She's power hungry. She's this. She's a criminal. Whatever you want to. Let's, 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 let's say all you say about her is correct. Let's say everything that you said, Benghazi, emails, Bill cheating, I still don't understand how it's her fault, but Bill cheating, all that. Let's say let her own all of that. But if she owns all of that, then he needs to own all of his baggage. And I don't understand how one goes and the other one doesn't. If she's all this, then he is a bigot. It's been proven by the two Justice Department lawsuits that were filed against him for housing discrimination. He is a serial adulterer. He cheated on all three of his wives. If we're going to ride with Hillary and her flaws, he has had six... Let me make sure I got this right. Uh, No, sorry. 36 New York state tax liens for non-payment of taxes. 36 if we're going to ride with Hillary's flaws, then we got to ride with his. It goes both ways. He's got two upcoming court cases where they'll probably be scuttled now because he's the president-elect. But he had one scheduled for November 28th for fraud for Trump University and one in December for child forcible rape. 
This is not something I'm making up. If you're going to ride with Hillary and her flaws, then how come that is not a flaw for him? But anyway, let's go back. We got all these people who have decided to shirk their responsibilities and not vote because you don't want to be a part of the game that wasn't set up for you in the first place. You know what? You're right. It wasn't set up for you in the first place. But guess what? Vote. Especially as a black person in America, vote. Our right to vote is not law. It can be revoked anytime they decide they don't want to renew that act. It's not law. Vote. They're the blood of my ancestors on that ballot. There's blood dripping from the Lorraine Motel balcony on that ballot. There's blood dripping from the Audubon Ballroom stage on that ballot. There's blood dripping from an NAACP leader in uh, Jackson, Mississippi on that ballot. We've had dogs, German shepherds, and water cannons turned upon us for that ballot. Again, I'm not going to characterize you. I've seen some places as dumb and stupid. I don't get down like that. But what I am going to say is shameful because too many people gave up too much for us to have the right to do this. And to completely divest yourself of the process because you don't like the way the game is played. You don't like the way the game is played? Then go in there and change the game. Or give me a suggestion as to how. See, that's another thing that pisses me off. Okay, fine. You don't like the way the game is played. I respect that. The game is bad. The game is foul sometimes. I get that. What's your solution? Like I saw somebody, like a friend of mine post on Facebook, what's your end game? What's your ultimate goal in all this? You sit at home, what's your end game? To show you how defined I am? What's your end game? If I said this in a post previously before the election. If you got all this knowledge, share it. Don't browbeat. Tell us how dumb we are for engaging in this process. That ain't how you do it. What's your end game? What is your ultimate goal? You sit at home and don't vote. What's your ultimate goal? You know, president wasn't the only thing that was up for election yesterday. You got senators. You got judges. You got representatives. You got all kinds of stuff that you chose not to vote on. And it goes right in line with that higher better at the bottom. You get better at the top. You neglected your responsibility to higher better at the bottom. What's your end game? Look, I'm not naive enough to think that my one little vote is going to make that difference in the grand scheme of things. But I'm also not naive enough to say I'm not going to play at all. I'm going to go out there and play my role as a citizen of this United States until they decide to take it away from me. And if you think that's not on the table with a President Trump and a Republican Congress, then you're the naive one. He openly spoke of disenfranchisement. Openly. And don't get me wrong, I'm not even mad at Donald Trump because he did not try to hide who he was. 
he tapped into a seething hatred amongst a lot of eight. I think I read somewhere today eight. He had eight percent black people uh, voting for him. That means the other ninety-two percent of that thirty-five million votes he got wasn't black. Maybe he had two percent Latino. Maybe he had ten percent Latino. I don't know. That didn't spell it. It was a part. It was a part of the story. But if you don't think disenfranchisement and the return of poll taxes and poll tests and all this stuff that they've been trying to do in North Carolina and Florida, if you don't think that's on its way back with a President Trump and a Republican Congress, then you're the naive one. Hillary Clinton may not have been the best candidate, but she's the one I am least afraid of. And it's not even him per se. He's in the White House. He's going to do what he thinks is best for him and everybody he loves. Don't get it twisted, Trump supporters. He don't give a damn about you either. But you'll find that out in due time. It ain't him I'm worried about. It's these ones in the streets that we encounter on a daily basis who have been emboldened by this election who have had their bigotry validated by this election. And I'm not going to say all Trump voters are bigoted. I don't know them all. But what I am going to say is you, are, you have a lot. If you're not a bigoted person, if you're not buying into his rhetoric, you aligned yourself with him. So you are responsible for whatever he does. The same way I would have aligned myself with Hillary and I as a supporter and one who put her there would be responsible for anything that she does in the White House. Granted, I ain't saying directly, so y'all don't even try it with me. Not today. But you're responsible because you put them there. So I'm going to do in 2016 what I did in 2000. I'm going to sit back and give him a chance, not because I want to, because I have no choice. I have no choice but to give him a chance. But like I said in previous shows, the radicalized American, the radicalized Christian, the one who lives next door to me, is the one I'm concerned about based on these election results. They now have a spokesman in the White House. The, the, the person that the Ku Klux Klan supported in their weekly newspaper is in the White House. The one David Duke supported is in the White House. I guess that's kind of fitting, actually. But that's what I'm concerned with. I saw a picture this morning, I believe it was in North Carolina, that clan that, 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 that showed uh, the local clan chapter walking across an overpass over an interstate celebrating. That's the implication of the election from this last evening. That's the implication. It ain't the fact, just the fact that he gets to sit in the White House. 
It is the result of the bigotry that he showed no effort in controlling. I am concerned as a black man in America now, more than I've ever been. Because now not only do I worry about the rogue cops that I always got to worry about and maybe getting it from my own people, now I got to worry about these random roving band of Trump supporters who now have decided this is their country again, and they're going to show me who's boss. That is not unrealistic. That is not me just saying whatever. That's an actual case. But again, I'm going to sit back January 20th, 2017. We're going to see how it goes down. I've got no choice but to give him a chance. We'll see. But to the people who chose to shirk their responsibility, you have forfeited your right to say anything about this entire process. I said before, Bernie Sanders said it actually, this ain't the year for a protest vote. The stakes are too great. This ain't Mitt Romney in 12, who I would not have liked if he won, but I would not be afraid if he did. This ain't John McCain in 2008, where I would not have liked for him to win, but it wouldn't have concerned me had he done so. This is Donald Trump, the man who chose to run his campaign that way, who disrespected everybody he could think of except for white men. That's the only group he didn't touch. For a reason. Because they have the power to put him in or take him out. He knew every other group that he chose to disrespect couldn't touch him. So he had no compunction about doing it. He can do it with impunity because he couldn't. He didn't have to worry about it. But for you all who sat at home and didn't engage in the process, you got to keep your mouth closed for the next two years until midterm elections come. Keep your mouth closed because you chose to divest from the process, so divest your ass from complaining. And if it sounds like I'm a little heated, yeah, I'm a little heated. But I want you to do something. If you want to figure out why I'm heated, dig beneath the surface. Don't take the lazy way out. Dig beneath the surface. There's something else going on here. I'm not mad that a Republican got in the White House. I'm mad that that Republican got in the White House. It may have needed to be cleaned. He wasn't a dude to do it. He's not the guy to do it. Elect better. And when you Trump supporters who live in backwoods, West Virginia, or wherever you are, who ain't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, who think that man, who's a self-proclaimed billionaire, granted we ain't seen nothing yet, but who's a self-proclaimed billionaire, you think he got your back, then you a special kind of fool. 
But I'm going to sit back and laugh anonymously when he reveals himself to you. Because by then, I'll have my plan in place. I'll be back in the next few weeks with my plan. But rest assured, for me, Donald Trump's legacy is going to be me being spurred to action. My job for the next four years is to be a thorn in his side. But until then, I'm going to bid you an adieu for right now. I'll see you at my normal time on Sunday. And today, more than any other day I've ever said this, take care of yourself because you all you got. Peace.